There is only one thing you must remember in order to have a successful marriage. Always put your spouse first. Unknown. Today is going to be a fun episode. Two couples talking about business, working with your spouse, and the benefits and challenges of it all. You have the power to be the boss of your own life. I'm your host, Monica Allen. I'm a wife, mom, entrepreneur, best-selling author, lifelong learner, and your biz bestie. I have a love and passion for all things small business. Growing my own company from $700 to over seven figures annually, my goal is to bring you inspiration, business-focused topics and tips, encouragement, and a community that helps you launch, grow, and scale your business whether you are a dreamer, a side hustler, or a seasoned entrepreneur, you are listening to the Become Your Own Boss podcast. This episode is brought to you by Zeus's Closet, your go-to destination for custom embroidered and screen printed clothing. Whether you're a business, fraternity, sorority, or part of the movie and TV industry, Zeus's Closet has got you covered. Imagine a tattoo shop for your clothes where your wildest branding dreams come to life. With lightning fast rush options, you can get embroidered items the same or next day. Unleash your creativity and make a statement. Visit Zeus'sCloset.com today and experience the power of customization. We are here to meet all of your branding needs. On today's episode, I'm excited to share the story of two remarkable dancers making waves in the dance world. A classically trained ballet and professional ballroom and Latin dancer, Tommy Betton joins the Become Your Own Boss podcast family, along with his wife, Maggie Small, a former professional ballerina with Richmond Ballet. Both well-accomplished dancers now operate the vibrant Fred Astaire Dance Studio Richmond. Sharing their inspirational story of dance, marriage, and business, Let's jump into my very enjoyable and special conversation with Maggie and Tommy. Thanks, Maggie and Tommy, for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks so much for having us. Happy to be here. We are happy to have you here, too. So today is going to be a very special episode because... I am going to let Ethan, who's here with me today, take the lead on this conversation. He and Maggie had the opportunity to meet and chat at a recent event where he was a speaker in Richmond, Virginia. So I'm going to let Ethan kick us off with some questions as we talk to Tommy and Maggie. Yay. So glad to have Maggie and Tommy here. Yeah, I spoke at EO Richmond and after the event had a conversation with Maggie And what I know is that Maggie and Tommy are in business together. They're going to tell us all about their journey so far. As you guys know, if you've been listening to the podcast, Monica and I have been in business together for over 20 years. We've been married 20 years. We have this shared journey of working together with our spouse, our couples in business working together, have unique experiences, unique challenges, and unique joys. So we're going to share with you guys today and just have a conversation So we can share tips with our listeners about how to work with their couples in business and and be successful on the personal front and in the business front. So to kick us off, Maggie and Tommy, just tell us a little bit about your business and how you ended up working together. We own Fred Astaire Dance Studio, Richmond's location. It's a 
franchise and we offer a rapid rehabilitation program for people with two left feet. So if you're on the sidelines, you know, we have shortcuts to, to get you on the floor and be the envy of the event. Uh, as far as uh, Maggie and I working together, when did that start happening? Was that like two years ago now? Yeah, it was in 2021. I started working with the business, but we actually worked together, not as entrepreneurs, as dancers, like decade, over a decade ago. Oh. Uh, this is our second venture working together. Definitely different positions. Tell us about that. Your background as dancers together. We were both professional ballet dancers for a long period of time. We were both trained in ballet. I danced professionally for 16 years, and then I retired in 2019. And to the development department of the ballet company that I danced for, Richmond Ballet. And I never thought that would be my, like, final chapter after dancing. I didn't think that was going to be my dream come true, but it more quickly than I anticipated turned out like not to be filling my needs. So Tommy was already running the business. He had opened it in 2018. And we kind of said like, well, what if we work together? Like we could try it and just see what happens. And, mm-hmm. and so we did. <laughs> okay. That's exciting. I need to sign up for your studio too. I wish I lived in Richmond because I definitely have two left feet. And uh, Monica loves to tease me. Monica's a great dancer. And I just, all I do when I'm at a party, I just two step. That's the one dance I feel safe with, you know? And I always envy the people who can just go and cut it up on the dance floor. I want to learn how to do that one day. Tommy, you started the business in 2018. Tell me about your journey. What was the, what problem did you feel like you were solving in the world? What What made you start a business? Well, the reason why I started it is not really why why I'm doing it now. I started it because I had the illusion of, you know, immediate more time and more money. So I was like, oh, if I have my own business and then I'll just, you know, I'll get all this time and all this money because I'm going to cut out the middleman. I'm I'm teaching anyway, which that turned out to be, you know, false for the first 10 years I was trying it. And really now, I would say our old, our ultimate purpose is to, and this sounds larger, maybe larger than you would expect, but be to end suffering because uh, the physiology of dancing. I know that it sounded like you were familiar, Ethan, with Tony Robbins' principles. You mentioned Abraham in your speech and the physiology of the breath, the focus, the language, the intention behind movement has drastic impacts on on somebody's fulfillment. So we are really focused on well-being, fulfillment, empowerment with our instructors, but mostly, you know, our students as well because it, it all it all trickles down. So we we invest a lot in our team and when they go with the instructors. On a lighter note, Maggie left out that when we started dancing together, we were in the first show we did together was Aida, which was with an opera, and I was a slave where they ripped off my sarong and showed my my bare rear end and an opera singer slapped it on stage. <laughs> oh, wow. And we were dancing together. So the, that choreography was very intimate and we weren't we were not together at that point. That's when we danced together. Ah. Ten years plus later we started, you know, we dated and we got married and then we started working together. In the business, but that work together was much more, you know, intimate and honestly easier. 
Well, that's one way to kick off a working relationship. <laughs> Is that not how you guys did it? <laughs> not quite, but that's cool. That is, yeah, that's juicy. So wait, I missed that. How many years after she, like, she saw your bare naked butt until yeah. we started dating? How many that years? was like 2011. We started okay. dating in 2018. Okay. All right. It, mu- it must have made a good impression then. Well, I, I basically called her back like, remember? <laughs> she she answered the call and we had coffee well that's it turned into dinner it did. <laughs> that's awesome that's a great story that's really amazing it's funny because you mentioned you know you went into it initially thinking more time and more money and i think so many times entrepreneurs do that and it's like just not quite how it works <laughs> it's a that's a lot of what i see on social media and advertising is like uh basically for freedom, click here. Mm. Uh, and I definitely believe in that. And I experience it in entrepreneurial organization a lot, but it's not, you know, the process was not what I, I don't know if I would have done it if I knew everything that it would have taken. Cause in my mind, every year was like next year, next year, mm. <laughs> next year. So now with the, with our instructors in the franchise, a lot of them aspire to be business owners, mm. business. And I love that. And I love educating and teaching and helping nurture whatever they, whatever they want to do. I forgot who said it. Maybe it was Brian Tracy or, or, you know, if you, if you help enough people get what they want, you know, you'll, mm. you'll get what you want. And, and I, I believe in that. So I, I believe it's almost like selfish, but mm. like being on this show. I really want to know some of your experiences. So you guys were like, hey, come on the show. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I want to- <laughs> yeah. We're definitely going to get in, into the meat of that. I just wanted to hit on what you said about freedom. I think that is the, the ticket that people want when they, when they see entrepreneurship. It's like, oh, I'm going to have freedom. And you do get freedom. But the other side of the coin of, of freedom is responsibility. So the more freedom you have, the more responsibility you have because you have responsibility for your staff your rent, your building, your payroll, your utilities, all of that stuff, the future of your business, Customers. your family. But yeah, you can you can work whatever schedule you want, right? You what's the joke that you can entrepreneurs can work whatever schedule they want as long as whatever 80 hours out of the week that they want to work <laughs> 120 hours out of the week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So often you work a lot more, but yeah, there's there's a trade-off you do. You have freedom, but you have a lot more responsibility. So let's dig into that, though, and let's talk about some of those challenges. I want to hear about your challenges like in the in the business overall. Like what do you what are some of the main pain points that you've resolved and also working together? What are some of the challenges that you guys have experienced and how have you all tackled that? In the business, overall in the business, I would say the biggest challenge was in the beginning, probably underestimating how much cash we would need. To do it, so I I used to teach dance lessons out of my parents' basement, save money to open the business, and even with that, all the banks were turning me down for bank loans. I even tried to. My mom's a psychologist. I even called tons of different banks and saying that my mom, who's who has a business as a her own practice, she needed to expand, so mm. we the money to expand her business. And so I'm even trying to like work around. Like it's not like. I know that's not eth- necessarily ethical, but I was trying to take the take the temperature of whatever way possible I could get my hands on some capital to to speed this up. They end 
the bank, we ended, I ended up getting a loan with the condition that my parents put their house on as collateral. My mom is, was sold immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to work it out. My dad was like, mm. <laughs> all that. So got the loan and we have instructors that are from Ukraine. Hiring was the first challenge because I couldn't find any local talent. Okay. Uh, so found some talent in Ukraine that messaged me. My father was convinced it was a scammer. I was like, well, if it is a scam, I can still teach the lesson. So like, we're not going to be in the hole if this thing doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. Turns out it wasn't. And those first two instructors I brought over are still with us almost five years later. So you brought them over here from Ukraine to work at your studio? Yes. Okay. All of our instructors are actually from Ukraine. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we have eight now. Uh, in Ukraine, like, you know, in the U.S., when people, when they're kids, they'll put you in like ballet or gymnastics or something like that. In, in Ukraine, it's really common to do like ballroom and, and Latin dancing. So really? from age, they're introduced to it and some of them go competitive and professional. So it's a much larger, more widely trained pool to pull from. Wow. Yeah. Okay. The so first challenge would, would be cash. And then the second one was staffing. And we found a good fishing hole in Ukraine. We have eight now. And the cash problem when we opened was escalated. We o overspent too much on the furniture. I had an interior designer working with us. And the whole build out was supposed to be you know, under $100,000. The interior designer just for furniture, not for like, you know, paint, walls, like the whole thing was a, was a mess just for the furniture was quoting me 80 grand. And the interior designer was supposed to, was a contractor as well, build out the studio. And I'm like, $80,000. How are we going to get the studio built for a hundred? She's like, Oh no, 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 no. It's uh that's just for the furniture. And I'm like, Oh my God. We went through like three contractors to build it out. She backed out. So she was, she was like, you know what? I can't, I can't even do this. I had an SBA loan. So it had to go through the government. And so I found contractors that said they met the standards and then they didn't. We were behind and I had about six weeks left of capital to make it work before I had to send the instructors home basically because I couldn't pay for them. Meanwhile, I'm still living at my parents' house rent free trading dance lessons for rent and for food. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. I worked it out. I made, I made 500 calls a week. I'm not a master on the phone, but I figured it out. I just did it dirty and ugly. Mm. I people to come and try it from expos and we made it, made it to six weeks. We got to break even. Meanwhile, the instructor still didn't really speak English. So I was firing on on all ends and the business grew and grew and it was Christmas break. And I'm like, spent a, spent a week with Maggie. It was magnificent. Uh, we had a staycation and I was like, what if we, what if we work together? You know, I need help and I, I have more money now that I can, you know, I can offer you what you're currently making at least. And, and then we did and the, the business is still scaling. And it's great, but like you said, we have challenges, we have ups and downs for sure that we, we continue to navigate. Yeah. One of the challenges with the business is that we are growing. So there's the day-to-day -day minutia that needs to be handled. And then also 
the taking on of new staff and then the training of new staff. And something that's a little unique to our, our business, I think, is that we're training artists to do sales, basically. Yeah. So everyone comes here thinking like, oh, I'm going to, I'm dancing and I, it's the way I was trained and they're all training to become professionals. And here, that's not what we're doing. We're training to enhance your life through dancing. Like if you have a lot of stress in your life, if you want to reconnect with your partner, if you want to lose weight, if you want to challenge your mind a little bit with your body, like that's really what we're doing. So there's also this transition time for us when we're hiring, not only is it finding people across the globe, (laughs) getting them here, it's also training them in our specific syllabus and in something that really they've never done before. So there's a lot of like investment in our team that we've been figuring out the best process for. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. I'm thinking back to early years in our business when we were growing and, and working out of our basement. And I think one thing that really helped with Monica and I, and not that we were without our challenges, we'll definitely talk about some of those. But one thing that helped is that Monica was the business major. Like she managed, she worked in risk management, worked in the insurance field for eight years. I was an art major. My lane is more of the creative aspect of the job and marketing. So we kind of have stayed in our lanes because Monica handles, and while there's of course some overlap and we act as a sounding board for each other, Monica is more so the person who handles like payroll, HR, like that stuff just makes my head hurt. I can't stand it. And I've been more on the creative side and helping like even with the production and the embroidery and the, and the digitizing and the marketing and things like that. So staying in those two separate lanes has allowed us to kind of spread out and grow in, in, those, in both of those areas and act as sounding boards for each other. And we try to hire for where the gaps are. Anything you want to add there, Monica? No, I mean, I agree with you. It's interesting because I have a creative side as well, but I only really allow that to come out when it comes to the marketing side. I don't, I have no, I know how to do the production or I did. I think I pushed it out of my brain now because I don't do it anymore. (laughs) I haven't had to do it in years. I pushed that out and I just like to focus on marketing and business strategy and all the stuff that I have to do. Like you mentioned, Maggie, the minutia of like the day to day stuff of keeping people on task and things like that. But yeah. What have the challenges been for you guys as far as working together? <laughs> definitely, definitely communication. <laughs> we are with a therapist. Her name is Christy and she's trained. She's kind of trained in the style of Terry Real, which is a popular relationship therapist that my mom recommended as a psychologist. So we read some of his books or we listened to his books in the car and then there was this couple seminar and we thought, hey, we were newly married. We're newly married. In September, we got married and it, we took the seminar in October mm-hmm. and we were like, hey, we want as much as many resources as we can in our marriage. And I, I had a previous marriage. I'm divorced. Maggie did as well. So we're like, you know, let 100 percent. We're, we're going to get all all these resources. So we did the seminar and in full transparency from the seminar, some of what I took away was like, it was, there were other couples on it was like, well, I don't want to be like that in 20, 30 years. Cause they, they would ask them questions like, how long has this been bothering you? They're like 20 years. And like, how many times have you guys talked about it? And they looked at each other like first time. And I'm like, like, I don't, 
yeah, the workshop, I think we signed up thinking we'd get some tools on how to better communicate and how to like, you all have very clear lanes. We have not mastered the boundaries of work and life. Like we have not mastered that. Uh, so it bleeds, you know, and you're not necessarily wearing your work hat. And in my work hat, I have a finance hat and I have uh, an integrator hat and I have a marketing hat. And like, so you're not quite prepared. So we were thinking like, well, if we do this workshop, we'll get some tools that we can use. And it, really what we got from the workshop was like a variety of cautionary tales and the conclusion that we have a very specific relationship with work, working together and living our lives together. And they were like, yeah, you're, it needs to be probably some one-on-one -on -one stuff because it's very specific. So we ended up recruiting Christy onto our team of coaches. Yes. <laughs> yes. That, yeah. That's amazing. Ethan, you and I never thought about doing that early on. We should have thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, something it, you all hit on a lot of points that I, I wanted to talk about because, well, first of all, it's, it's great that you have, you all have taken like preemptive therapy instead of waiting until it's too late. Because, yeah, so many couples like 20 years and you haven't talked about this thing. Well, one thing that we learned when we got married. So Monica and I got married in Jamaica. We did a destination wedding. Very small. We had about 25 people come, friends and family. And one thing that we had people do was write marital advice for us or, or just kind words on a card and put it like in a bag for us. And we read all of those and, and we kept them in a scrapbook. And so a few things actually stood out to us. And of course, we, we took advice from the people who had actually been married for a while. <laughs> like uh, my dear Aunt Carol, who's passed away, and, and Uncle Joe, they had a great relationship. And they left us a card in there. But one thing was, you know, let, never let the sun set on your wrath. And, and that, that does come from the Bible. But there is truth to that. And we, we have adopted that in our relationship where we don't let things fester. Like if I have a problem with anything, I get it out right then and there. And we don't go to sleep angry at each other about something. Not everything can be, res be resolved in a day, but we at least get the communication out that, hey, this thing is bothering me and I would like us to work through this instead of just bottling it up and keeping it inside because then it snowballs. And then years down the road, you just you, you get irritated. You're irritated by this one thing and then the person does something else and that compounds. And then now you're even more irritated at your partner. And then a year from now, you just can't you you hate their guts you hate the way they chew their food and swallow and you don't even know why anymore and I, I just seen so many relationships fall apart like that so i think communication fast quick everyday communication is key what do you think monica well i agree that communication is key i always say it's it's the three c's for us uh, and i know all of them may not apply to everybody but communication compromise and christ we are believers and so those are the three things that we really were foundational on our relationship when we got married. I will say I learned over the years, though, when it comes to communication is, yes, I do my best to not go to bed angry. However, there are times when we're talking about something that I do have to remove myself. I have to say I'll circle back to this one because depending on the person's, I mean, they may have had something at work that doesn't lend to them being as open or Whatever the case may be, sometimes I don't address something until later because it's just a better time and I'm calmer, he's calmer, and it just makes for better communication if I choose my time better, if that makes sense. 
That totally makes sense. My rhythm of speech and communication, especially when it comes to conflict or is faster than Maggie's. And I'm, I'm like, we could do this or we could do this. Or what about this? Or what about this? And Maggie likes to have time to process and that can be overwhelming to her or even, or even scary. If it's like so much at once, we have timeouts and I'm okay with the timeout as long as it has a deadline. So not like, I'll, I'll talk to you later about this. And then later never comes. Like I need a timeout. Let's circle back. It can be tomorrow. Let's circle back in the morning. I'm exhausted or let's, let's come back to this in an hour or two or so timeout's good for me as long as there's a, a timeline, but without a timeline, it's like torture for me. Yeah. That, I mean, that's a great point. And sometimes, yeah, I get it. You do need that time to marinate on it and kind of think about and process things. And communication doesn't always have to be a conversation. Like sometimes Monica has been upset with me because when you get, when it's a conversation and then the other person interjects and then it might turn into an argument because now you're mad about what they just said and you kind of lose your train of thought. I know we've probably all been there. Sometimes it helps to maybe write a letter and get, get your thoughts out and then give it to the other person so they can see everything. And maybe you all can exchange letters, maybe record a video if that's your thing. And that way you have time to get your thoughts out uninterrupted and maybe write the letter and read it first, make sure it doesn't sound too angry and then maybe throw it out and then write a different letter. <laughs> but yeah, these are, communication is, is definitely key. Another thing. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say something that's been an interesting change for me as I've like moved into this position is I don't know how much you or your listeners know about the culture of ballet, but it's basically like ask questions and do what you're told. Like you're in the room, you're being told what to do and you're not very confrontational. You just agree and, and move forward. And that's like what I've practiced for 32 years. And I was very, very good at it. And now I'm in this new position where it's like, we have to like have healthy conflict to bang things out, to figure out what's best for the business all the time, every day. <laughs> and at first I was like, whoa, yeah. tell me what to do. <laughs> I'm not an instructor. You can't just tell me what to do. <laughs> wow. That's, that's definitely a different approach, right? That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And while we're talking about the business, I do want to circle back to let our listeners know. I know you talked a lot about the struggles of your business and going through that period where you had your back up against the wall and, you know, you had six weeks to make it work. And it was an incredible story. Well, that was then. Give us an idea of how you scaled up the business, where you where you guys are now, however you want to share that. We have eight instructors now. Last year, we did a little over 1.2 million. And this first quarter, we did 500,000. So we're on track for wow. Wow. We are growing like fast. It is like a pressure cooker because things are changing and, and moving all the time. But yeah, I mean, the, the business is going great. I really can't complain. And I feel like I have, I feel like everybody has this, this opportunity, but like I have this incantation or mantra of like, I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, with whomever I want, as much as I want. And I felt that I already, I had that before and I had that now, just the consequences of my decisions, good or bad, have changed. So now that we have more, we have more money, obviously, than we did in the, in the beginning of the story. And I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. There, the consequence could be good or bad of 
of that. So we kind of weigh what we want to do based on what we think the outcome will be. Like if it's worth it for the investment, are we discounting the future, our future happiness too much by taking advantage of this now? Or do we need to be more in the moment? And that's something that that's something that I'm trying that, you know, I'm trying to figure out for myself psychologically of like, am I investing too much in the future and discounting the present more than I should? And we communicate about that as well. That's more fun communication because it's like, you know, what do we want to do on vacation or should we buy this or should we not buy this or those kinds of, those are more fun conversations. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's great. And congrats on your business growth. I I think it's really important for listeners to hear that, you know, not just the struggles, but also how far you've come. And, you know, I, I met, I met Maggie and Tommy at an EO event. The minimum requirement to join EO is you have to have a million in revenue. They've, they've done an outstanding job and, and they're going to continue to grow from there. I, I can see uh, the success. You guys have to check this out on YouTube. This is a young, beautiful couple. They're doing great things. So make sure you get the visuals whenever Monica puts this up on YouTube. Yes, I'll definitely do that. I wanted to circle back to something you mentioned earlier about, you know, the separation of life and work and it bleeding into each other. Ethan and I have, we try to set boundaries, but they never work. <laughs> We've tried for 20 years to set boundaries and they just don't work. But for us, we have found that we really enjoy our business together. Though, yes, sometimes we're talking about strategy. Sometimes we're talking about issues. Sometimes we're talking about personnel issues, you know, a variety of things. Our kids are part of the conference sometimes at our kitchen table. But we have found that we've just given up on even trying to set the boundary because we enjoy it so much and we enjoy talking about it and and strategizing on the future and growth and all those variety of things that we've given up on setting the boundary. Now, there are times where we're like, okay, we're going to go out to dinner and we're going to just enjoy dinner. We always end up back to something <laughs> dealing with the business. Always. Yeah. I just wanted to share that. And I think if it works for both of you, it's okay. But if it doesn't, then of course, that's a conversation to have where we're not going to talk about this during dinner or whatever. Yeah, I think that I I love working with Maggie and I love and I love that we share so closely in the outcome. And I feel like that's a goal for the business to be more of a lifestyle of mission and purpose than uh on the clock off the clock. As long as we can communicate about it well together. We we try the boundary thing too. Maggie used to work in the kitchen, now she's working in a room upstairs as her office. <laughs> it doesn't overlap too too much. And I have my room where I work. And what do you think, Maggie? Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the things that's really awesome about working with your partner is like, there's no one that I trust more than Tommy. So like putting my all in for this thing that I know that we are working toward together, it feels it's very rewarding. And like, I really believe in what we do. Like I fell in love with dance at a really young age. I was like three years old and became enamored and fell in love with it, knowing that it was going to be, you know, a finite career very early on. And I just, one of the things I didn't love about when I stopped dancing and I was doing a different position in ballet was like, I just like, I had a great career. I loved it. And I did things I never thought I would do. I danced in China and London and like, I had a great career and I loved every second of it. I don't know, like, I don't feel congruent about the role that dance plays in in the life of a kid when you don't know, like, 
let it be here in, in the book that we're listening to right now, like 3% of people who train in ballet yeah. make it to the professional level. Mm-hmm. And like a hard thing to get over if you don't make it to the professional level. And even at the professional level, it's really challenging. Mm-hmm. It's a very long way for me to say that. What we do with adults is we make dance accessible to all people of all ages, of all sizes, of all ability. Like Very inclusive. Yes. I feel so <laughs> good about the fact that dance can enhance your life no matter what. And that's like, I love having that drive toward that goal. And I love working really hard toward that goal. I think with setting boundaries, like we, I moved upstairs because sometimes we're in the kitchen and we're talking about like something regular in life. And then all of a sudden it changes to like, Hey, remember that huge problem we're having? I had an idea about that. And I'm like, oh, whiplash. Can you like, okay, just give me a second. I got to get on like, okay, now I'm ready. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, that's positive cool. Cause I'm like, Oh, I thought of a solution, but that's great. Yeah. That's why the boundaries haven't worked for us either. We've tried physical boundaries. Like you guys are mentioning, like, okay, Work doesn't come into the bedroom. We don't talk about it in the bedroom. We've tried time boundaries. Okay, we're not going to talk about work after 9 p.m. And that lasts a few days. And then, you know, we, we break it. Because if inspiration comes to you, you know, in the shower, in the in the middle of the night, you know, you might want to tell your partner about that. Yeah. I think that's just part of life, you know, working with your spouse. And, it, and I, I think we, if you can lean into the good of that, then that's where the power comes from. You know, you don't want to wake your spouse up with negative stuff but if you have that that aha that light bulb moment yeah share it i think that's great yeah i was gonna say too before the pandemic i was actually looking into dance classes for ethan and i because i felt like we needed something that we did that wasn't work that wasn't children that wasn't all those things so as we're having this conversation i'm like i need to go back to that because i totally kind of forgot about it after the pandemic hit and I haven't thought about it again. So yes, Ethan, <laughs> yeah. we're going to find us some classes here in Atlanta. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Not um, in Virginia. Yeah. But. yeah, that's super important. And we've done things in the past. We we took golf lessons and we used to play golf together. We have travel. We make sure we, we dedicate trips that are just us. Like we just went to St. Lucia for our anniversary. And so we have those memories together that are just us and not always with the kids. Of course, we want to bring the kids sometimes, but those that's a different experience. So I, I think it is crucial to have joint activities outside of business, outside of kids, where you can always have that, that connection to talk about when you just need to have a conversation outside, get your mind outside of the, the day-to-day thing. That's super important. Yeah. We work out together every morning mostly every morning mm-hmm. with a trainer and, and take walks and have time. We usually talk about the business during those times at some point or another. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Always do, comes up. And do you guys have kids yet? We're going to leave it there for this episode. Be sure to come back next week to hear Tommy and Maggie's answer to Ethan's question. I want to thank Maggie and Tommy for joining Ethan and I on the show this week. Since we chatted for a while, I decided to break up our episode into part one and part two. So be sure to listen to next week's show to hear more about their business and some questions they had for Ethan and me. Thanks for listening today. I'm grateful for you. 
Take a moment to hit the subscribe button so you always get a notification when a new episode is out. Don't miss the weekly two-minute Takeaway Tuesday episodes, and please take a moment to leave a review for the podcast. It helps us grow. Remember to join the Become Your Own Boss community by visiting MonicaAllen.com. We kicked off our first newsletter earlier this month. The Level Up Living newsletter is here, and the only way to get access is to join the community. And lastly, don't forget to visit Zeus'sCloset.com, our episode sponsor for all of your company swag. And actually, lastly, lastly, remember, now is the time. Now is the time to level up, leave a legacy, and become your own boss.